Coming up on the podcast, 1988's Child's Play. Chuck you. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hello there, listener, and welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris, and this week, along with Eric and Brian, it's our final Halloween extravaganza uh, centered on Child's Play, the 1988 seminal movie about a killer puppet doll that's not really that original, if you think about it, but it still spawned eight thousand sequels and became a brand called Chucky that everybody knows and loves and whatever whatever. Uh, at any rate, none of us have really seen the sequels, we're aware of them, uh, we know about them but we've only really seen the first one, the one that started it all in 1988 uh, about a voodoo serial killer who transposes his own soul into a children's doll and murders people and it's just Parts of it are really freaky, and it's well done with practical effects, etc., etc., and is sort of, you know, he's a horror icon, more or less, and that's sort of the discussion. It's it's right up your alley, I'm guessing. So if you like that, write us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You can follow us along at maghuge.com, our website. You can hit us up on Twitter slash X, whatever that thing's called now, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we are also... Uh, available on all your podcast platforms so that you can enjoy uh, murderous puppet dolls that torture uh, and stalk six-year-old kids until they freak out. And uh, there's stabbings and beheadings and burnings and whatever. It's a pretty gruesome concept that uh, devolves into camp, is what I'm understanding. But this one, I mean, it's solid. You'll hear. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but, you know, if you, you like Chucky... Stick around for our talk on Child's Play from 1988. Thank you. Pithy intro. It's the Magnificently Huge Podcast. I'm Eric. Pithy response. I'm Brian. Uh, Half-hearted yeah. reply. This is Chris. Excellent. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank God you That's have energy. My- Yes. No, that was it. That was it. It's been it's been expended. I'm oh. old. All right. Well, it's uh uh that's a show. We'll see you next yeah. week, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great show, everybody. Best one yet. So it's uh it's it's the weekend before Halloween twenty twenty three. Yes. Does anybody care? No. It's been pretty Apparently. scary this month. <laughs> that that's true. I mean, just just this month. Well, uh, the fascists took over the House of Representatives, so that was that was exciting. Yeah, no, yeah. That's it's like was Jim Jim Jordan just wasn't uh, extreme enough that they gotta get this. Uh, he, he was extreme enough, but people knew he was extreme. The thing is yeah. that they well, needed yeah. somebody who was extreme that nobody knew anything about. Yeah. Now we've got who now everybody knows about. Everybody knows how extreme he is. So, but it's too late. Is it though? Now that rule is still in place. In. That rule is that rule is still is in it? place. Yeah, Anybody but the fascists out? are not going to do it, right? Like that's the yeah. thing is the whole deal was we're going <laughs> to reject everybody until we get one of our people. So, oh boy, we got an election denier who's going to be deciding whether the House of Representatives certifies the votes in 2024. So, we have that to look forward to. That's yeah, good. That. What could possibly so, go wrong? Nothing scary about uh, anything at all happy halloween yeah. fellies remember when <laughs> yeah. your your biggest concern was do i do gi joe or do i go as casper that's my decision not anymore <laughs> uh, uh well i also i also it, enjoyed matt gates out trying to out somebody like on his on his podcast because they said he was an asshole Go nice. look up that story. That's a funny one. That's Let a, me get wow, this straight. This, this guy's call me an shitty. asshole. I'm gonna be an asshole about it. That's that's the play. No, the mm-hmm. the the I I think it was the 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 level of discussion. You know, was was not about you know him personally. It was you know 
it was something he was doing on his job as as you know a member of the house and he comes back with yeah well i know you're living a lie so what do you think of that like Ooh. wow dude yeah just wow shrug. you know <laughs> not cool we'll see. it's like let's see who who else might have skeletons in their closet matt gates mm, that's i understand Duh. that's why he was always so uh angry with whatever that fucker's name was that he kicked out Jim um, Jordan. no no uh mccarthy mccarthy yeah tough to remember him he's very tough to remember actually at all but he he, <laughs> he had a he had a thing he was had an axe to grind against him because he wouldn't stop the ethics investigation into him he couldn't yeah. actually but he was like you know you need to have them stop looking at me for you know having yeah. sex with underage girls and he couldn't so that's that's why he hated him so much it's 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 nutty <laughs> you remember back i don't know how many years ago it was now but like there was a whole thing where they were branding uh like in 2010 kevin mccarthy Paul Ryan and Eric Cantor, they were the young guns. Young guns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and now they're all shoved aside. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. Uh, so much for the young well, guns, everybody. That was some marketing that was really gross. Go look that up, the commercial. It's uh, like yeah. they, they made up young guns for themselves. It's really gross. They've, well, they've been shot down in a blaze of glory. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for uh, joining us on this week's episode of Crossfire on Fox News. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We got to put anything at the beginning of all that. Skip to blah, because we're about to get really depressed. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we're scared of this Halloween. How about you? Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking scary. I don't know. Should we just talk about the fresh shit and see we if there's should. anything scary in there? Yeah, please. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. This is our segment where we talk about things we've been watching and reading and doing and and stuff. Yeah, fresh shit. Who's got it? Oh, that's a that's a. Yeah, you already uh, said fresh shit. Come on, just last night on. I went to see because uh, you know Halloween celebrated was uh, this weekend. I went to see that- three bands that are local that are that are nutty. Um, In synced is four four women who have a they have a band they have guitars they have drums but they do all in sync covers but they do them like actually pretty good 90s grunge um like else like if l7 <laughs> did in sync yeah yeah kind of okay. and yeah it's just fun um i it's fun despite the fact that i don't know any in sync songs i was never into them and they get, you don't even know they, bye 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 that's their big one uh, I probably, if I heard it, would go, oh, yeah, I know that from whatever commercial it was used on. But, I mean, personally, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, and and the, in the middle, they would have little things like, hey, yeah, let's hear it for seventh grade. You know, and then they play another one. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, you'll notice there's only four of us up here and there were five people in NSYNC. There's one you know, member of the band we don't uh, uh, represent. Uh, let me see who it was and picks up the Britney book and starts leafing through it because I guess <laughs> Ooh, topical, very topical. Yeah, yeah it was well done. <laughs> they, they, I'm all they, about uh, this. This sounds great. Yeah, they put a lot of effort in and it did sound good. Uh, that's why I'm like, if I knew these songs, I'd probably be way more into it in synced out of uh portland oregon go look for them wherever finer music is downloaded for free um <laughs> it reminds me of i um uh, i used to wear a t-shirt that i had uh gotten from my wife uh like 20 someone years ago and it, it was the nsync logo but it just said n suck and i would wear it all <laughs> around town and people were always like high five type vibe it's like yeah man yeah so it's I, always amusing that they call, get any love at all call me basic uh they're doing a reunion tour and frankly basic. justin timberlake was like the the most talented of all these boy band people anyway so i have a soft spot for nsync it's fine <laughs> i mean cry me a river brian seriously there you go mm. 
yeah uh that's eric that's a justin timberlake song eric i know that i that i <laughs> okay. heard of. okay yeah I'm i just i making i don't sure. know something about all this boy band stuff the moment i hear it i just i just sort of go and leave the room but yeah the next band was the faux b52s the band we've seen a couple of times during halloween another they're another local cover band that only does b52 covers and they're good they're they're always fun they're energetic. The lead singer is actually also our real estate agent for getting rid of our house. So nice. <laughs> really funny how that works. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. We found out he was a real estate agent and we we're like, oh, he'll get us. And so we we approached him. He's like, Yeah, let's do it. Um nice. And this is all opening for I'm sorry. Did he the way you said that you almost had a Fred Schneider thing? Was he like, Yeah, let's do yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was my early morning, you know, tired voice version of Fred. Come on, let's sell this very cute house. Yeah, I wonder if like he's bringing people up to look at it, and you just hear him in the in the sidewalk going, "If you see a red sign at the side of the road, fifteen miles <laughs> yeah. to the open house." Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, nice. Uh, uh let's see yeah and then the the opening act i can't remember their name but that's okay because they sucked and it made me really sad that they sucked let me give you the lowdown okay it's uh drag queens performing abba doesn't that initially sound the, like so they're the called like idea? dancing queens right that's gotta Probably. be yeah okay I, I mean i'm i'm not finding them anywhere i'm gonna say yes uh sure yeah, but but the the idea that they're you know drag and doing ABBA you would think would be awesome, but it was really just the 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 the, the woman singing just did not have it. It's not mm. easy doing uh, Anita's voice. I mean, that's that true. That's true. You're asking for trouble if you're going to be in an ABBA tribute band. You better bring the goods. And it was just weak and slightly off key and almost. Oh. The first song wasn't even done before my wife turns to me and says, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so sad. That, and as we're walking start- out, trying to find our car, you we can still hear them playing. And you the off-keyness is even more apparent when you don't have the speakers right in front of you when it's coming right. through a wall. And it's just right. like, oh, that poor thing needs to not do this. <laughs> well, I mean... It's it's always a crapshoot when you go to a cover band, sir. So yeah. so you you took a chance and you changed your mind. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Oh well done. <laughs> oh my God. How did I not? Oh yeah. Oh God. Where's the the applause sound effect? That that needs yeah. to go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's oh. the time machine when you need it so Eric can say that when he's leaving <laughs> the club? <laughs> oh, that uh, would have got me laid. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, so that's what I did last okay. night. I've got other Amazing. stuff, but it's for the next show we're gonna record today. Okay. Okay. Just last night. I'll okay. I'll, I'll piggyback, because uh, I also went and saw a live band. Um it is October, which means that the weather is tolerable here in Arizona, which is why this is when the Arizona State Fair happens, which occasionally gets a good act to show up. So I got to see the Violent Femmes uh, this weekend at the Arizona State Fair with about five thousand other oh, wow. locals. Yeah, so yeah. it was a it was a pretty raucous crowd, and you know, it's a Violent Femmes show, so it's the Gen X crowd singing along with like goddamn everything, right? I mean, it's almost like every show of theirs would be a sing along. I would think at this stage. Yeah, no, and and it was great, and it was really good energy because it was a decent sized crowd um but um you know and they have they have the eight foot tall contra sax bass saxophone and and you know the guy with the barbecue grill for part of his drum kit and you know all that shit i mean all of it's live there's no tracks they play a xylophone on gone but daddy gone um you know for real but um it was both a blessing and a curse. They play the entire first album in sequence on this tour. 
Oh, um, nice. I, I like it when bands do that. I like it when bands do that. But here's the thing. That's also where all their hits live. So like the first 40 minutes of the show is the first album. And then it's like, and now we're going to play whatever we want because we've played all the hits, right? I mean, I mean there's a yeah. couple that they come back, you know, they they close it out with uh, dad, give me the car. And then the the encore, they end with American music. So there's still a couple, but but it definitely was a drop off in energy from that just absolutely stomping beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you're saying they they never quite lived up to their debut? That's what I I'm mean, hearing. no shit. It's the Violent Femmes, right? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> but but what what a great album! And they were in really good form. Uh, you know, I'd seen them at Cruel World, and I felt like their performance was a little off. This one, they were they were pretty like warmed up and well done. And my God, the bass player for the Violent Femmes is amazing. Like. He really is a huge part of their sound. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, see the Femmes if they come to your town. They're still a good show. And then uh, thematically, I'll I'll say just just for podcast fodder, just just for you, you the the fine listeners of the magnificently huge podcast. Did I, like I watch? That you pluralize it? I like that you pluralize yeah, the listener. The, the fine <laughs> listener. Of we have shit. listeners. We have listeners. Okay. I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've okay. seen it. Yeah. 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 All they're right. they're out there. I don't know if they return um, visitors, but they listen. God damn it. Someone's <laughs> hearing my voice right now. Yeah. Every week we sucker at least 15 people into hearing us. Uh, uh, yeah. Roughly. <laughs> um, I, I watched uh, Totally Killer on Amazon Prime. Oh, um, with the, with the what's her face from Mad Men, that one. Oh, is is she from something? Okay. <laughs> yeah, she was the uh, she was Don Draper's daughter in Mad Men. Okay, and I the reboot no of Buffy the uh, not Buffy uh, Sabrina no, the Sab- Teenage Sabrina Witch. Teenage, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, okay. So, Totally Killer is a movie that basically is a time travel slasher film so this this chick gets sent back to 1987 and the killer is basically wearing a max headroom mask the way that um michael myers wears a shatner mask um it knows what it is it makes references directly to back to the future um the you know it's it's nostalgia bait and the 1987's fashion is fairly accurate the music is good uh they have fun with the culture clash like the homophobia that everybody is showing you know because we got this we got this sort of gen z character being sent back to the 80s and having to deal with that like the high school is their mascot is the red devils but when you go back to 1987 their their mascot is it's still the red devils but it's an indian face <laughs> um, god <laughs> shit like that um so i mean it, it's what it says it is right it's it's a high concept silly dead teenager movie it, it's fine uh, <laughs> i mean yeah it's just it just it looked like something that uh back in the day would have been a straight to video release i mean it was straight to it amazon just, prime doesn't that count that's, that's what i'm saying is like it, it's not it's not designed to be a theatrical thing i mean they at that point you know what you're getting it's sort of like anything of that ilk from that era including the movie we're going to talk about today might i add yeah but uh yeah i saw the clips for it i just thought it looked a little too forced it Am it's I wrong? forced, but at least they get the the nostalgia bait right. Like there's so many of these things where you're like going, you know, just like what we had, you know, going back to the 50s or the 60s or whatever, right? You can you can get it wrong. You can get the music references wrong. You can get the fashion wrong. This one at least cared enough to get that right. So, hmm. you know, it was a popcorn okay. eaten moment. Halloween popcorn on that one. Damn it. Halloween. (laughs) I I guess. I've been having trouble getting into it this year, so I haven't watched a lot of stuff. 
If I'm yeah, ha- having trouble getting into the the Halloween spirit or watching scary movies. Yes. Uh huh. On both counts. Yeah. Uh, so Nothing it's left just, to be I, scared I, of. Once you once you once you hit your fifties, it's like yeah, come on, death. Well, I really, mean, just, I'm supposed to be scared yeah. of that. No. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just I. I've never been a huge consumer of horror movies because most yeah. of the time they're really just sort of meh. Occasionally you get one that's just like, oh yeah. But for the most part, it's just it's never been a genre that I've like gravitated to. So yeah. usually I wind up watching a bunch of classic stuff, but I've seen so much hammer horror and universal horror in the last like five or six years that I'm kind of burnt on that. So it's just difficult finding stuff to watch. So I, instead I've I been love, watching uh, I love yeah. horror movies, so I feel like I have watched like way too much horrible shit just to get to the good stuff yeah <laughs> and there's a lot of crap that's the problem I, mean, I enjoy the movies where they're just like hey here's the we're gonna do the history of horror films we're gonna cut to all the good stuff like those are <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's entertainment for the musicals yeah, yeah pretty much kind of yeah vibe. all right so what uh, what have you been watching chris uh instead i've been watching the second season of our flag means death on the uh, on the the max, I guess it is now. Uh, with Taika Waititi, Yuri Starby, etc., etc. Uh, and it's it's still really good. It's almost this this season is almost uh, sweet in a way because it's all about uh, following up from the end of the first season where they had all ended up sort of betraying each other inadvertently, and Steed Bonnet and blackbeard had a romance going and then that was scuttled and then the opening of season two is blackbeard just has lost his absolute mind over his grief (laughs) at the breakup and he's just an absolute psychopathic maniac and so (laughs) they kind of have to reel it in from there and so this this whole season so far is all about reconciling uh your partnerships as it were and it's just it's very tender and sweet most of the time is the underlying vibe and it's a very very much a tightrope that they're walking but it's very enjoyable and it's still very funny because you you have this pirate setting but it's definitely not going for any sort of verisimilitude it's just it's not like realism uh but they get a lot of the aspects correct so you believe that you're watching a, a story about pirates even though it's absolutely not so it's it's all quite fun uh so that's really been the only thing i've been consuming uh on the regular i think there's like four episodes left uh and then beyond that uh and i'm i i don't know how you guys are gonna react to this uh but they finally brought back moonlighting uh on hulu which is a show that had had not been uh out there for a long long time but now that bruce willis is having the whole uh dementia thing right people are saying you know you need to bring back the thing that got him on the map now that bruce willis is, has become dementia man it's marketable yeah. so yeah. let's let's take advantage <laughs> do of whatever his... we want what's he yeah. gonna say about it yeah. well <laughs> oh, apparently the main problem was that uh it was just like with heavy metal the movie uh they had a lot of weird song rights issues oh boy uh, that they had to to work out because like if you watch the show there's so many needle drops from like the motown era etc yeah and apparently they had to sift through a lot of that nonsense which is another reason for the delay uh but once bruce willis got sick i think that sped up the process and so now you can watch all was it five or six seasons i guess okay uh, so out there now I'm I'm curious how this plays in today's world. Like I, I I am genuinely intrigued by this because I'm sure that it's really sort of retrograde. But I also remember that the whole thing about the show was that there was just so much chemistry between the leads that they then ruined by ruining the will they won't they like somewhere in the middle of the run and then the show never regains its its footing. That that's pretty much yeah. all I remember about Moonlighting. I think you get like uh three solid seasons. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, then they start doing that whole Willie Wontley thing, and then that becomes the focus of the show. Uh, and then it goes sideways. It gets like very, like I don't know. Dramatic. They 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 not even dramatic, just weird. 
You know, yeah. like I remember one where they do a uh, um, it's a wonderful life episode with her and an angel walking around the office. And I was like, what? Yeah. They, I mean, even from the, from the from the first season, they were not going to f- follow any sort of specific format. They just were there to just, you know, break a few rules and have some fun. Because hmm. uh, by the third season, you get to the one atomic Shakespeare where they're doing a musical version of Taming of the Shrew, but with like modernist music almost i mean it's just it's like the weirdest episode and it's just dropped in for no reason whatsoever uh i appreciate stuff like that yeah Yeah. i mean they just they like they like to just fuck around on the the narrative but like you said the chemistry between willis and sybil shepherd is terrific and it's very much of the the pitter-patter 40s screwball vibe mm-hmm. oh okay uh, so it was anachronistic for its time even it's more of a hepburn tracy thing yeah yeah where they, okay. they do the zippy dialogue but most of their scenes uh they're not like arguments all the time but it's just them like cross-talking and they're yeah. i mean if you look at it from just a, a strictly acting standpoint it's it's incredible because each one of them is just doing their own dialogue but they are cross-talking and, and talking over each other and then it's sort of like ebbs in and out of an actual coherent conversation, but not really. Okay. And that's, that's pretty much their, that's their chemistry through the whole thing. I mean, the timing is just impeccable, uh, but it is very much that Tracy Hepburn-ish yeah. uh, type I, thing. I, I remember actually being very impressed with both of them are like, both of those characters are always the smartest person in the room until they are in the room with each other. And that's when the shit goes off. It's really interesting. Yeah. If you watch when they leave the room and talk to someone else, they are once again, the smartest person there. But I also yeah. like that she was in charge. She owned the place. Right. It was her gig. And he was yeah. in a manner subservient to her. And for the eighties, that was kind of a big deal. But yeah, well, how she sexist is this show? Because that's really the question on my mind. It's it's not really. It's not. It's actually okay. she's she's in charge. Make, make no mistake about it. Uh, but the way that she becomes in charge is uh, of the time because she's she yeah. was like a, a retired supermodel uh, whose money managers basically built her out of everything, and so she had a lot of tax write-off companies, and the detective agency was one. Uh, so that's the one she ended up salvaging to actually make a living. Uh, and then that's where they kind of form the, the friendship that turns into the romance, the blah, blah, blah. So it's, I remember she was something of an eighties feminist icon at the time because she wore sneakers to work instead of heels (laughs) because they hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know that part, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, I've only I've only watched the first season so far, uh, and I don't oh. remember much about it. I think I came in. I mean, that's a non-trivial season. number of episodes. That's probably like twenty some odd episodes, right? No, first season's only six because it was like a really? mid-season replacement. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so it start it started in like February of '85, and ran for six episodes, and then ABC picked it up and then got a full season uh, for season two etc etc and i think it ran until like uh 89 i think it ran until right up around the time die hard came out and then obviously willis wasn't going to keep doing tv so yeah well like he was doing his whole bruno shtick and yeah oh god yeah (laughs) uh but but mostly what's funny is when you watch the show uh and you get the the opening sequence the title sequence and it's very 80s because it's like that sort of still photo animated kind of thing where it's you you can tell that it's it's not an actual moving image but it's just a photo that's been manipulated but Mm -hmm. it's all like the the 80s color palette and then you get that al Jarreau song which i have the 45 somewhere stuffed in a box but it's a some walk my night some so ridiculous. Yeah. On the way. Yeah, the words seem one. to change every time I think of it, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so it's been fun. It's been a nice lighter nose. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> um, Drew, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So yeah, it's been fun to rewatch it. So I haven't seen it literally probably since the the late eighties. 
So it's a nice because I watched the show all the time when it was on, oh. and then I just never went back to it. So I don't know if it ever came out in any other format or if it like showed in reruns. I just don't. I don't remember. But uh, it's always been one. I'm like, I need to go re- back and revisit because it's very much similar to Remington Steel. It's that same yeah. sort of basic, same uh, premise, basically conceit. Right? Yeah. Whereas in Remington Steel, she creates the detective agency and then manufactures this man to be the owner because no one's going to take a woman seriously as as the running an, an agency yeah uh and then pierce brosnan is a con man shows up and then just assumes the role because he's just and he's a himbo do that. he doesn't know yeah. anything he's a dumb yeah. dumb and she has yeah. to carry him through it i loved that and show so, and so it's and so i've been watching some of the early remington steel interspersed uh the last couple months and it's a weird like bookend Moonlighting is definitely the slicker of the two. Uh, it's definitely funnier. I don't think Moonlighting would have happened without Remington Steel, uh, but it's definitely the better of the two shows as far Ooh. as your entertainment dollar. So, and another male lead, that, another male lead who ended up dropping said show for his movie career. Well, I mean, well, missed out on getting James Bond because of Remington Steel at one point. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, Dalton wasn't supposed so, to happen, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, I read another weird story. I guess uh, Dalton had a four movie contract that they oh, never really? fulfilled, and the fourth one uh, was to be property of a lady, and then they repurposed a lot of that for. Uh, I can't remember if it was Goldeneye or it was a different one, but basically, we we almost got a, a fourth Dalton before they said nah. So that's we just needed a third me. one first. Yeah, maybe the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm. Oh, that's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh, I see. Of. I thought I missed. I lose in there. No, I lose. I lose count with the Dalton. Yeah, I, I forget that he only had two. Yeah. For some reason, it's like that weird blank spot in the uh, the Bond franchise. It's just weird. But yeah. I think it's because because Remington Steel was such a big deal, and they had talked about Pierce Brosnan, and then didn't, and then did. It's just yeah. It's very yeah. Weird. Property of a Lady was referenced before Dalton in Octopussy. It yeah, and that's why that I read it. But yeah, yeah, and that's what I read. I'm like, what? But uh, there you go. Anyway, have it. <laughs> anyway, Moonlighting. Uh, Ask for it by name. It's on Hulu. Go check it out. It put Bruce Willis on the map uh, and made us care about what he's going through today. I guess. I don't. Know. I guess. All right. Yeah, that's the shit. All right, so Child's Play, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. How was yeah. how? When was the last time you saw this thing? Let me ask you that. Oh, years and years ago. <laughs> I saw right? it. Like, was it? It was on the TV at a boring party that I was just sort of <laughs> sitting there, and it was on, and I was like, I guess I'm, I'll watch this because I don't was, like any of these people. Was the sound on? Yeah, <laughs> I just okay. interesting. And, okay. And, Maybe that affects my viewing this time. I thought this was just a boring, boring slot. Uh, well, I'll just say that because we we had all seen it uh, around the time that it had come out. I don't think I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I think I saw it when it came out on video. On like, video, like senior uh, year. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And like the, the early, late spring, early summer of 89. Uh, I distinctly remember watching it at your house, Brian, mm-hmm. uh, where we we basically did like had all the friends there we we turned out the lights and we're just watching uh, this freaky deaky movie about a murderous puppet doll which at the time was just super freaky because they do it really well yeah uh and i and i remember i distinctly my only real memory of this is uh at some point during the film uh because you had like an entertainment center and then the stereo was up on top and i look over and the way the lights were playing it looked like your speakers were breathing yes and it really you have weirded that me memory out. too i i have yeah. that memory i wasn't even gonna say it because i just thought i'd imagined it but no no and that's always stuck with me so every time i hear child's play that's the first thing i think of yeah so there was like and then the I think, woofers well, but, were white and and so yeah. the way the light was catching him was really like not a yeah it was weird <laughs> uh so it was just strange because you look back and i'm like but the movie itself it's not really scary i don't so it, it doesn't, i was freaked it, out after that viewing like it well at the I, time yeah at the time it like kept me up like i was i was not happy um well i mean because it's 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 a creepy conceit because it goes back to like the twilight zone episode talking tina yeah that sort of thing 
it's just a really so. creepy concept. Uh, it's like it's like if Toy well. Story went wrong. <laughs> yeah, really. If if the the Texas Chainsaw Toy Story Massacre, that's what yeah. you would need. It's like uh, th- yeah, we like our toys, and so we want to pretend that they're our friends. And in this yeah. one, not so much. Yeah, it's your but friend to the end. It's just yeah. you know the end might be coming a it little sooner. It causes said end. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, and I'm assuming by now people who are re- listening to this know the basic child's play they story. They probably but... know Chucky more than they know child's yeah. play. This is Which the is Chucky weird, movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is the the first one uh, before it became whatever it is now with eight sequels or whatnot. Uh, but basically, <laughs> a, a serial killer uh, is being chased by a cop in the beginning. Uh, he his shot he's on his deathbed but he's broken into a toy store and he sees this uh this toy that's like the good guy doll which yeah, is basically the the my buddy my buddy had 80s, a baby with a cabbage patch kid and it's it's <laughs> yeah it's and it's just yeah and it's this like giant enormous doll uh and then through some weird conceit that you don't really find out until later uh the serial killer uh basically knows voodoo and transfers his soul into this doll and then the doll decides to get its revenge uh on everybody that wronged him but also found out that it's slowly turning human so it can be killed and harmed and Mm -hmm. can only uh transfer his soul into the body of the first person he revealed himself to which is this little six-year-old kid (laughs) <laughs> and then uh shenanigans ensue from there yeah. it's a, i forgot it's a really tight like 90 minutes i mean yeah. there's no wasted space in this thing whatsoever it's just boom 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 the movie's over um and then that's so, it but basically it's just a bunch of like creepy doll action until the end when you when he's finally just this full-on demonic toy and they get to have some fun with the puppeteering they it's just it, it's creepy they do a few <laughs> things just so right like first of all they cast brad Dorif, who is just an off-putting person in general right like <laughs> yeah. um so so he is just brilliant and he has always been chucky since 1988 is still chucky to this day um but the script all of the kills are motivated right like chucky yeah. isn't just randomly killing people because he likes to kill no he's like the my partner that ratted me out to the cops and killing the cops and anybody who's onto his his shtick right yeah. and and then the third thing they do it's not just that they put a six-year-old kid in jeopardy it's that the doll is framing the kid for all the <laughs> yeah, shit it's fun which is it's just fun. messed up <laughs> <laughs> Which and I guess and we and I've not seen any of the sequels at all because I just it's like we'll Leprechaun. It's it. like okay, it's like I've I've seen it. I don't really need eight sequels about a murderous doll, <laughs> but uh, but apparently there are repercussions throughout the series with the kid uh, where nobody believes him. He loses his mind. La la la. Uh, <laughs> but but the fact that yeah that they they turned the the final girl trope on its head and made it into a six year old kid was just it's it's off-putting to a degree because it's just the, the kid is traumatized at the end. I mean, they do a really good job of it. And I guess apparently the, there was a, some protests surrounding the movie when it was released because they were worried that there was going to be violence against children and yada, yada, yada. Really? And it's just strange to hear that now. Cause you look at it, you're like, why would anybody like take that as some sort of mandate to harm a child? It's just so fucking I, I don't get that, but I do get the sort of the, like the Mr. Snuffleupagus argument, right? Like, cause the mm-hmm. kid is like, mm-hmm. you know, no, the, the doll did it. And it's like, Oh boy, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we're not going to believe this kid. <laughs> and the fact that the kid's shoes leave the same footprints as the doll, as the doll, because he's, wearing, he's got yeah. good guys, merchandise yeah. for shoes, you know? Well, that's that to me. I thought it would have been interesting if, and I knew it wasn't going to happen. I thought it would have been interesting if, at some point, it turned out that the whole doll thing was a fantasy of the kid, and he was killing all these people. Well, apparently, in the original version of the script that Don Mancini wrote, it was called Blood Buddy, uh, and it was kind of set up to where it was a doll that was filled with fake blood that it would bleed if it was played with roughly and then it would have come alive 
once Andy's blood mixed with the dolls, which and is then apparently stupid. that was, but apparently the doll would have was supposed to represent like the kid's suppressed rage, and and he actually would have targeted his enemies, and then it was like a whole to to do, uh, and they fixed that right away because uh, they brought in uh, a couple of other guys to rewrite. One of them, uh, John Lafia, who did the Blue Iguana, uh, I think a year later. If you remember that one, Brian. I think we saw oh, it in the sure. theater, the one with yeah. with, uh, with Dylan McDermott yeah. or Dermot Moroni. Yeah, Dylan McDermott, McDermott Moroni. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that one's got the great lines. The golf is just a walk through a park with a purpose. Uh, one of my favorite lines ever. Uh, and so then they decide, well, yeah, why would you put a doll with fake blood? That's dumb. So then they decided to just do the voodoo aspect uh, and go from there. And then, yeah, and then you get Brad Dourif. It's like, I can't imagine anybody else doing that. But I guess at some point they they had Dourif off the project because of scheduling because he was doing something else. And so they had to get someone to come in and do the voice. And they yeah. got Jessica Walter, the mom from uh, what's the, what's the show with uh, Jason Bateman, Arrested Development. Oh, oh, yeah. It's, and so she was doing it and that apparently didn't test well and then they ended up bringing Durf back uh to to do the voicing i want to hear that like, though. I, yeah apparently it's you you can probably find it somewhere because they actually recorded it but just decided not to use it so it's just this weird crazy stuff but uh yeah it's just uh the whole the whole movie is just literally just seen like from from scene to scene it's just waiting for the doll to show up to spout some crazy nonsense out of his mouth and then try to kill somebody that's the whole movie it's like a, yeah. it's like a weird mishmash of like nightmare on elm street uh a little bit of halloween that kind of thing uh so it's very much of its of its time i suppose but also be i mean first of all it's 88 so you have to do it this way but they've stuck with this ever since it's practical effects so this which, is the, yeah the killer puppet the, show right yeah which i applaud which i applaud <laughs> all the time yeah still looks better something. than still looks better than uh too much cgi a yeah. lot of cgi well, just I, sucks yeah. ass yeah well I, I saw some documentary it's called living with chucky uh where they basically chronicle the the whole series and they t they touch on that why they never do cgi because they're like it would just cheapen it literally cgi would just look too smooth and it would just ruin the effect whereas when you've got an actual puppet that they're controlling it it has this weird otherworldly herky-jerky type movements and you believe that it's a possessed doll to a degree <laughs> so on that first watch it's really disconcerting you know it's like you generally get freaked out because it's like you've not seen that before so it's a good it's a good call a good call so i know that you haven't watched the sequels and, and full disclosure neither have i i've only seen i seen two and three i stopped after three what's um, the deal with three like they do this weird time jump they shot yeah, those back so, to back and then they decide to push the third one in like six years into the yeah, future they recast uh. um the character of andy for three because he's been sent to like a military school for right. fucked up kids or whatever and uh it's only this is the only time where that character is not uh played by um oh what's the guy's name shit um like adam vincent alex like vincent yeah um yeah. and then it's it's instead played by justin whalen um in the in this uh in this version um he who would ultimately be Jimmy Olsen in uh, the Lois and Clark show, if that's of oh okay. <laughs> um, Why do I know that? Yeah, yeah, that's I, we're we're getting out there. He was in Serial Mom and some other stuff, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I don't know why they did the the time jump. Um, I guess just for for plot purposes or whatever. But what what I'm so impressed by as we look at the course of this series is even though it's moved from studio to studio, the same people have been making these movies the whole time. Like Don Mancini has been the writer on all of them. He all started them. directing yeah. them like 
I don't know, somewhere about halfway through. Brad Dourif has always been Chucky. And as they've been adding people, they keep them around. And so it's like this little theater troupe of people who just for the last like 30 years, 35 years have been making Chucky movies and TV shows and shit and getting away with it. And there was, you know, so they, they made child's play two, which was just kind of a retread, um, which apparently is the fan favorite. I don't know why I I feel like the first one is, is the good one. I read Um, up on uh, child's play two and it just sounded really grim. Yeah, like, I don't know why anybody would want to watch it. It just didn't sound fun at all. But it seems yeah. like unlike for the, most of these yeah. these uh, franchises, that's the case where you keep the same people because they all have car payments, and so they're all willing to keep making one after another. <laughs> like the Friday the Thirteenth movies, I think the Halloween movies it fell apart a little bit because um, you know John Carpenter said this is getting stupid. <laughs> I mean, but I, I feel I think like this had any number of directors, right? Yeah, and, yeah, but. Well, I feel like uh, like the Child's Play series, I mean, the fact that they've even abandoned the the title Child's Play and it's now just all Chucky all the time yeah, uh, is just weird to me because I was having a discussion last night and I, I went to like a Halloween party thing and was, was talking about Child's Play and one woman just, oh, I didn't realize that there were other, I didn't realize the Chucky movies were called Child's Play and that blew my fucking mind. I'm like, where did you think <laughs> it came from? I'm like... That's insane. So basically, Chucky is just the brand now. And so it's just it's just weird to go back and see the first one where it was literally uh, almost a satire on consumerism and how they market this shit to kids mm-hmm. through like cartoons and whatever. And that was a whole other level of subtext. And that just seems to be abandoned yeah. uh, by the second and third and whatever th- that I read on. And well, so it's just I like mean, nothing, nothing. One- yeah, I guess it's not so much the consumerism thing, but they started to make it a thing because Mancini uh, is gay and he grew up Catholic, and and so That'll they've been they've been sort of putting all of this gay and trans stuff into the series over time, and he's made it into sort of his manifesto against you know oppressive culture. Um, <laughs> while making to a degree like all movies, well, the the later ones are all very campy horror comedy type vibe right if if i'm understanding correctly so they they kind of do a soft reboot right they do child's play three right and that was back in 91 and then they they lay dormant for like seven years and then they come back with not at all a horror movie but rather bride of chucky and this is the (laughs) point at which jennifer tilly joins the troupe and and now we're just getting silly, right? Now we're just like, okay, you know, what what if Chucky gets a girlfriend doll and like gets laid and shit? Like it it's it's in the wake of Scream, right? And so they're basically making fun of themselves by making Bride of Chucky. And at this point, it's more of a a comedic take on it. Which is just weird to me. I mean, yeah. it's like, like the the nearest parallel I can find for this type of series is Leprechaun, and not because it's in, <laughs> like not because it's a a little person in the lead role, whatever. No, but but it's just because it's goofy it, with it. Yeah, because it's like a, it's a ridiculous opening salvo movie where you get the basic conceit, and then they just go all the way like in leprechaun you get like leprechaun in the hood at some point he winds up in fucking space i mean it's just like you know they totally friday the 13th that shit uh and so it just seems like child's play is kind of teetering uh on that line but it also feels like just looking at the the subsequent titles that it's following more like the nightmare on elm street sort of vibe where it's just oh oh no no we're gonna go weird here and we're gonna go weird here you know what i mean where where we get weird is in seed of chucky in which oh my god now now we're at the point where chucky uh, the basic plot of which <laughs> is that the the doll voiced by jennifer tilly inseminates the actual actress jennifer tilly playing herself <laughs> with chucky semen and she gives birth to 
Glenn slash Glenda, <laughs> the, the seed of Chucky. Was that the one voiced by Billy Boyd? <laughs> I don't know who does the voice. I, of I think it's, Glenn yeah, Glenda. I think it's, uh, uh, was he Pippin or Mary? I can't ever keep those straight. Lord of the Rings. Uh, Doesn't matter. It was the same thing. N- no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was Pippin. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Good he was. Lord. He was. He was the short one that wasn't Sam. Or <laughs> yeah, he was. He was the Hobbit that liked to smoke weed after second breakfast. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was that the yeah. one? Okay. Mary, we're gonna get <laughs> fucked up. So yeah, she, oh, she gives birth to twin children of Chucky, the actress Jennifer Tilly playing herself, oh, uh, who are then Glenn and Glenda, which is, I mean. It's not a subtle reference nope. to Glenn or Glenn. No. I mean, this series and strikes me as something that uh, like John Waters would be really into. You know John I mean? Waters appears in Seed of Chucky. Oh, good That's God. It's kind of hard to hate this, this franchise because they kind of knew that this franchise is as much bullshit as any other horror franchise. It's like yeah. they they yeah. probably hated it, Friday the 13th and Halloween sequelitis as much as anyone. <laughs> Well, yeah, it is very winky winky, I guess. So, but it's I also sort of seen this, but I appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's like, I feel like I've seen them, even though I haven't. Yep. Because uh, if you look at the other side, I think at one point in the early stages of production on the first Child's Play, uh, Charles Band was going to do it and then that somehow fell apart. And then he wanted to do the Puppet Master movies, which is a whole other ridiculous. Mm straight to video series about killer dolls basically uh and it just it, it's just weird how it all sort of folds in on itself uh because it's like well we don't have any other ideas but for for whatever reason at the time child's play just seemed like a weird breath of fresh air in a tired horror genre because we'd had halloween we'd had friday the 13th we got freddy krueger those are the big three and then suddenly here comes chucky and they're really making a push to do chucky is like this is the new face of evil blah, blah, blah. but then it turns into this weird campy uh like like quippy weirdo that just likes to kill people it's just so weird to me but, so you know whatever what what I found fascinating, they like then go back and I don't know, there's like cult of Chucky or whatever, where they like it's the 2010s and they have to go back to sort of the grim stuff. I And then Brad Dourif's daughter starts being part of the canon or whatever. Uh, so like I say, they just got this little traveling circus of people doing doing stuff. And then I mean, yeah. At, well, what, what's so interesting is that around 2019, Mancini's trying to get his uh, his Chucky TV show greenlit, but they're making a reboot without him. Right? Was oh, that like, the one that Mark Hamill did the voice? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mark Hamill's doing the voice of, I don't know, Internet Chucky or Chucky 2.0 <laughs> or who gives a shit. <laughs> And that's it's what's reimagining. so, so beautiful. That. It's another one of these things where they tried to, you know, like like the Robocop or the Total Recall or the Nightmare on Elm Street, where they try to do the reboot, but they do it. You want to go harder or more, whatever. Um, yeah. It doesn't work. And no, the not campy version is what they usually say. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and it's it's just not yeah. as good right and so yeah, it's basically it's somebody fails. going yeah the base basis somebody says oh i love that original one but i'm going to take everything that's good about it and just toss it out the window yeah. i'm going to remove <laughs> any like... humor or enjoyment yeah and just yeah. make it oppressive you know like reality yeah. i think that's, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the funniest statement it's like reality is oppressive and it's not funny yeah. and it's horrible to sit through i want a movie yeah. that's realistic like that yeah well, I mean, to be fair, the, the funniest thing about the first child's play is that literally it's like the kid knows immediately that the doll is the murderer uh, after he kills the the dude at the house and the gnome believes him. So then he's talking to the child therapist and the whole nine yards. And then the mom finds out that Chucky doesn't have batteries and he's an actual living doll. And then she's attacked by him. So then she's 
aware of the situation and then the cop won't believe her until the cop is attacked and what is the most ridiculous sequences i think i've seen on film ever where he's driving the car chucky's in the back seat first he tries to strangle him while the car just keeps driving down the road and then you start seeing the knife come through the seat and then through the the bottom <laughs> of the seat and it's just like this five minute just terror drive it just doesn't end and then the car wrecks and then it's like chucky circling the car like a shark and the guy's trapped it's just the most ridiculous thing and then those two characters the mom and the cop are basically just dumped for the rest of the series it's just so funny to me that it's yeah. like they're the they're sort of like the the voice of reason and they're like well we can't have that if we're going to continue <laughs> to do this you know what i mean that moment though where where she realizes the the doll doesn't have batteries is one of the best shots and jump scares in the movie right she's holding the doll in her hands and it's kind of over her shoulder looking down looking at the back of the doll opening up the battery compartment there's nothing there and then the head spins around 180 degrees looks right at you <laughs> in the camera like hi i'm chucky you want to play you know it's just like okay that was iconic uh, that was great i think i think my favorite part too is the end or near the end when uh you're having the big showdown and chucky's trapped in the fireplace Oh, and the yeah. mom can't get to the matches, so she makes Andy drop the the match in to burn him alive. And then he suddenly reverts to the Chucky doll, and he's like, "Friends to the end, right?" <laughs> the kid, like little six year old, with this lit match, like this is the end. Whoosh! And it's like a total like John Carpenter Snake Plissken moment almost. And it's a little fucking six year old. It cracks me up every time. Oh. And then you get like that horrific just doll on fire. Oh, it's oh just, yeah, the uh, melting face thing. They they come back to that over and over in the series. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I love the fact too that uh, because they were doing practical effects, that at some points it's a person in a Chucky suit. Yeah, and they got Ed Gale, the guy who was also in Howard the Duck, the guy in the duck suit. <laughs> it's like that's like his. I guess his his stock and trade is just to you know be in these types of movies. Uh, but then over the course of time, I understand that the robotics got so much more advanced that they didn't even need someone in the suit. They were able to just do it all with their team of puppeteers, which, you know, good on you. Thank you for not doing CGI. That's all. I'll just say that. But ugh, yeah, I don't know. And then, uh, and this is mostly for Eric. Did you look into like who they had offered <laughs> child's play too as a director when it was being no. shopped around no but that's always a uh, fun story to me dude uh listen to this list of people uh william friedkin the fucking exorcist guy uh irvin kirshner who did empire strikes back uh you got robert wise who did so many different <laughs> genre yeah. stuff but the guy Star that Trek, did not the motion only the picture and others yeah and the sound of music <laughs> and the haunting uh and then uh the the team that went on to do the super mario brothers movie rocky morton and annabelle jonkle i mean it's just <laughs> like i uh, reading that list i'm like that would have been a totally different movie than this guy named tom holland who is not the actor that plays spider-man that everybody loves <laughs> it's like a totally <laughs> different guy named tom holland <laughs> uh but apparently he the guy that ended directing at tom holland was on amazing stories he'd done some episodes so spielberg actually recommended him for the gig and that's how he got the job uh and then at one point john lithgow was considered to play charles lee ray before duraf was hired uh <laughs> which when you think about this i mean that's almost like a buckaroo bonsai kind of a deal i just yeah. don't see that being as effective because bro you said earlier brad duraf is just kind of he he knows how to play creepy very well and it's just i can't know how not to play creepy is the question <laughs> yeah uh, um, i don't think i don't think so um so it's just it's just weird to like read like this is what could have been this is what was uh yes i don't know i so. I, I still every time every time the, the 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 child's play thing comes around i'm just like i i exceptionally don't care I just am so fucking <laughs> yeah. bored by this whole thing. I mean, it's just, it's a baffling series to me. The fact that it's got like eight movies and now a TV show. I mean, Is it's it just, though? How... I mean, Talking Tina was a classic for a reason, right? Like creepy dolls are inherently scary that I think, I think it's just 
a a sort of like fundamental sort of guttural fear thing that that inanimate objects with faces coming to get you when you're not well, looking is is a primal fear thing and it yeah. works it I, just works i will i will agree with that because uh my wife refused to watch this with me uh, in prep for the show because uh evil anthropomorphic dolls just freak her out incessantly like at the top of her list is clowns and then uh living dolls is like second yeah and even though she knows that it's a movie in the whole nine yards and it's not that scary she's like no i'm not watching that with you Fuck no huh. <laughs> so so it just it seems like it taps into some weird primordial uh fear that yeah. some of us have in the middle of our little brain pan so it's just funny yeah. to me my that, my yeah, wife is him. exceptionally atheist it's like there's no worries anywhere that there's a belief system going on there and yet exorcism movies are just like nope not gonna watch that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's just it's just funny to me though watching this that there's so many of those elements and the voodoo thing just comes like out of nowhere literally a voodoo uh, doll yes yeah and then he has like the showdown with his voodoo mentor to find out more exposition dump uh about how to be a real boy again i mean it's just so like it's very perfunctory and it i think at the time mancini wasn't allowed on set because in 88 there was a, a writer strike so yeah. he couldn't go anywhere near it and so i'm shocked that the thing came out as tight as it did because it's just that it could have gone left of center in so many ways and yet they somehow managed to deliver this that became the basis for just this ongoing decades-long franchise it is just so strange to me this is it, it's just weird but on that regard it's also like nightmare on elm street where it started so strong and then tends to get watered down more and more and more and more as they're just cranking them out because they can does that make sense to you yeah but there's something about this that almost is transcendent because it's so stupid to begin with right like sure we're gonna have the chucky <laughs> yeah. doll fuck the other doll and and it's like if you're not if you're not like the audience for that then you're not even gonna buy a ticket no one's gonna go to these movies <laughs> yeah. and be like oh that wasn't what i wanted you know if, if you went you knew what you wanted <laughs> yeah well i mean it could have gone south in so many ways like i said but the fact that the main character is a six-year-old kid i mean yeah. that you're asking for just for just trouble from the the, the get-go but apparently alex vincent just showed up and knew all the lines and was ready to work and i guess freaked out some of the other people on set because he's just he was so businesslike about it and when huh. i watched it again this week uh he's actually really good like there's the whole scene in the uh psych ward where he's trying to tell the doctor chucky's coming chucky's coming and then they don't believe him and he just breaks down crying and it's a really like that's almost believable to me i know it's a movie but it, i'm like i believe this kid is freaked out like this and it's so good and then later when chucky's stalking him in the like the operating room or whatever and the kid looks genuinely scared and it's not like the kid in like close encounters where they're really freaking him out on set i mean i feel no, like the no. kid is just acting this is this you know is I mean? every acting coach for child actors in the 80s saw the henry thomas audition tape for et <laughs> and realized that if, if you want to have a good kid actor you got to get him to cry on demand <laughs> yeah so so it's just it's it's good that's a strong point because then you get the the mom from seventh heaven it's sort of like yeah whatever you get chris sarandon who had been in fright night uh also done by the director tom holland which is a much better movie all over the place uh, but he's just it's just a non-role he's just the cop who's there to be the voice of reason uh and then you get uh the daughter from empty nest is the first kill uh dinah manoff gets thrown out of the window it's just you know it's got a lot of just normal like 40 years later or whatever you're like oh okay trivia uh but i did learn that the building that they filmed at for the exteriors is literally like two miles from where i live so now i gotta go down the street and i gotta go look at it <laughs> so there you go uh, all right well yeah i don't have anything else to I, add i think we could stick a knife in this one <laughs> yeah 
do you have any pithy Chuckyisms before we depart anybody i want to be no? played by brad dourif <laughs> <laughs> uh it just reminds like every time like the demonic chucky face comes on and he just starts spewing stuff like you stupid bitch you filthy slut i'll get you to fuck with me this is like what in the hell is going on <laughs> it's such a dumb movie but uh, I guess it's a classic now. Hooray. Yay. Happy Halloween. Yeah. You know, I am much far more interested in the the Twilight Zone episode that uh, informed uh, the living this doll. film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Telly Savalas's name in that is Eric. And the <laughs> woman who voiced uh, Talking Tina voiced uh, Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, okay. And uh really? the, the the mom in that is the mom from bye bye birdie you know it's like like okay. there's so much more about the episode of twilight zone that's interesting and it doesn't show anything other than telly savalas being tripped down a flight of stairs yeah and uh, breaking his neck because i'm talking tina and i yeah, don't because like you the the threat of violence i think is always scarier than the actual violence when the <laughs> violence is going on it's like over pretty fast <laughs> well plus i mean just animated murderous dolls in general that's just always going to be a good conceit no the threat I mean, of violence just... is the thing right like when the wife uh, you know finds dead telly zavos and picks up the doll and it's like i'm talking i'm tina. talking tina and, and you'd yeah. better be nice to yeah. me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you could or you could even uh go jump ahead like 15 years to the movie magic with anthony hopkins with the uh with the talking ventriloquist doll this is a long history leading up to the child's play so it's uh but if you haven't seen it watch it i guess it's a classic i don't know i'm throwing up my arms if you can't see i'm just i'm confused by the success of this entire right. series hey it's a so. podcast everybody happy halloween uh if you like the show share it on your social media feeds with your friends uh rate us on itunes subscribe to the podcast if you want to reach out to us go to our website maghuge.com m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com you'll find uh, links to all of our socials including x twitter uh where we're maghuge or facebook or whatever or you can email us magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com and uh we'll catch you guys on the flippy flop want right. to play yeah right. yeah you want you want to play no <laughs> No? Okay. <laughs> no. No.